Welcome to the King's Church Warrington podcast. Inspirational teaching from our Sunday celebrations. So we want to think about who are we this morning and a holy nation living by the word and the spirit. And um, if you think about why you would follow someone, if I can ask you to think about that, why would you follow uh, someone? And um, there's a, an example of uh, an example of Nelson Mandela. So we just put him up. So if, so if we think about why would you follow someone, and we think about someone like Nelson Mandela, you would think, well, he's got credibility because of the way that he lived his life. So he spent 27 years in prison for what he believed was um, injustice. And uh, he sacrificed his freedom so that others could be free. And so we would look at someone like that as a, as a leader and we would think, well, I certainly would think, well, that's someone who has credibility. Um, that's someone that um, lives what they believe is true to their ideals. And um, I wonder if you would reflect on that. Why do you, why do you follow or why would you follow and uh, the Bible is a book about how and why. But it's about how people live their life. Um, it's, it, it's a record of different people who are living their life. And it's also a record of the Son of God, Jesus, who came and lived his life. And so we are following. We are invited to follow. As we, as we read the Bible, as we look at the stories of God, we are invited to follow. You are invited. You and I are invited uh, to follow. He led the way and he showed us through the Bible. When we read the Bible... Um, We don't just hear it. It's not just words on a page. We see the example of Christ, of Jesus. It shouts out to us about discipleship because it's about lives and how they lived their lives. It includes failures and it includes mess-ups as well as people who are successes. It's very honest about that. But through that, it shows you how God triumphs through um, those people's lives. And so, when we think about the Bible, it's not just a book. It's people's lives who are following God. And it's God, Jesus, that we are invited to follow. It's not just words um, on, on a page. So I'm going to look at, try to make an attempt to bring some scriptures uh, together. Uh, 1 Peter 2. I'm going to read there a little bit. Um, I'm going to try to sort of bring, that may appear slightly random at first, but um, hoping will come together for you. 
So, um, I did have Peter at one point, but the fan and everything else has now shifted that possibility. So, I'm just trying to relocate. Found it. So, 1 Peter 2, where um, just before we come to our verses that um, we're looking at, uh, Peter says in, in 2 chapter 2 verse 2 you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you can grow into the fullness of your salvation cry out for this nourishment as the baby cries for milk now that you have had a taste of the lord's kindness come to christ who is the living cornerstone of god's temple he was rejected by people but he is precious to god who chose him and now god is building you as living stones into his spiritual temple What's more, you are God's holy priest who offer the spiritual sacrifices that please him because of Jesus Christ. And if we just go down to verse 9, but you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are a kingdom of priests, God's holy nation, his very own possession. This is so that you can show show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. And if you just turn over the page to 2 Peter 1, 3, uh, just some verses there where it says, uh, starting from verse 2, May God bless you with this special favor and wonderful peace as you come to know Jesus, our God and Lord, better and better. As we know Jesus better, his divine power gives us everything we need for living a godly life. He has called us to receive his own glory and goodness. And by that same mighty power, he has given us all of his riches, of his rich and wonderful promises. He has promised that you will escape the decadence all around you caused by evil desires and that you will share in his divine nature. So make every effort to apply the benefits of these promises to your life. Then your faith will produce a life of moral excellence. A life of moral excellence leads to knowing God better. Knowing God leads to self-control. Self-control leads to patient endurance. And patient endurance leads to godliness. Godliness leads to love for other Christians. And finally, you will grow to have genuine love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more you become productive and useful in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, apologies, uh, there are a few scriptures this morning, but I just want to kind of give a background uh, to what I want to say. And then we're going to flip to John 8. And um, verse 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't be stumbling through the darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. And over to verse 21 in the same chapter. Later, Jesus said to them again, I'm going away. You will search for me and die in your sin. You cannot come where I am going. The Jewish leaders asked, is he planning to commit suicide? What does he mean you cannot come where I'm going? Then he said to them, you are from below. I am from above. You're of this world. I am not. That is why I said that you will die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am who I say I am, you will die in your sins. Tell us who you are, they demanded. Jesus replied, I am the one I have always claimed to be. I have much to say about you and much to condemn, but I won't. For I say only what I have heard from the one who sent me, and he is true. 
But they still didn't understand that he was talking to them about his father. So Jesus said, when you've lifted up the Son of Man on the cross, then you will realize that I am he and that I do nothing on my own, but I speak what the Father taught me. The one who sent me is with me. He has not deserted me, for I always do those things that are pleasing to him. Then many who heard him say these things believed in him. And Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples. If you keep obeying my teachings... And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But we are descendants of Abraham, they said. We have never been slaves to anyone on earth. What do you mean, set free? Jesus replied, I assure you that everyone who sins is a slave of sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you will indeed be free. There's so many more scriptures that I could, <laughs> that I could read uh, around this subject, um, but not wanting to kind of overload um, everyone. So, um, we've read from Peter and we've read from John. And as I said before, they've lived with Jesus for three years alongside the Son of God uh, and shared uh, in, that, in that journey. And so, we're getting what their experience is and their encounter was of God. And they've written it down for us. And I want you to see that about the Bible, that it's a life lived. It's discipleship. It's a, it's a journey. And um, uh, Peter talks about uh, that you, are, uh, you belong. He talks about the light in, in, in 1 Peter 2, 4 to 10. He talks about a people belonging to God. He talks about light, uh, that you're not a people, but now you are the people of God. And John picks up this refrain as well um, about Jesus. Uh, picks up the, the, talking about the light. We read that in John 8. Believe, belong, trust, and listen through John. And these are two people that have been with Jesus. Um, and so um, I, I, we, we kind of walk from John 8 through to John 15 and 17. So in John 8 is in a public place in the temple where Jesus is, is talking to the Pharisees. And then we end up in John 14 and 15, 16 and 17 in an intimate place with his disciples. And we see his dialogue from then to there as we walk through. John, John 8. And there's a remarkable contrast that Jesus draws out um, between the two relationships between the Pharisees and his disciples. And there is no in-between. Um, so statements like, you do not know me or my father. Where I go, you can't come. But to his disciples, you know the way to where I am going. And there's a, there's a, a stark contrast. Jesus says to those rejecting him that they will die in their sins. He talks about them following their father, the devil. Um, he says 
um, uses the analogy of a family. A slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. And then uh, he says, he, he states in John 8, the reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. And remember Peter and John. We've just read the verses from Peter. Peter's talking about belonging to God. So Peter is picked up about the truth of the relationship with God. That to know the truth, you first belong. So in order to know the truth about God, you belong to God. And Peter is Peter has lived with Jesus, remember, he's picked this up and he's talking now to the church um, that we belong. So rather than asking, are you believing and doing what the Bible says, which is a great question, a more fundamental question around the truth is, who do you belong to? It's a fundamental question for believing and doing what the Bible says. To see the truth is to belong to God. And that is what Peter sees and, 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 and picks up in uh, 1, 2 Peter. And he talks about growing in knowing God. So Jesus teaches that we're either owned by sin or that we belong to his family. And when we belong to the family, we believe in Jesus. And I'm going to talk about that in a, in a bit. Um, but we repent and we change our mind. And we believe the truth about who God is. And we enter a relationship with God. A gift from God. The, the Bible tells us that that is a gift from God. Uh, we enter that uh, relationship by faith, we believe that Jesus' life, his death, and his resurrection has secured our rescue and restored us to a right relationship with God the Father. So we belong, but that means now that absolutely every area of our lives are now can be restored back to the way God designed it to be. So every area of life is now open to being restored, which is very good news. See, sin stops us from hearing God. It's noise. And we can't hear Jesus through that noise because all sin comes from unbelief. And so we can't hear what God's saying. And Jesus makes it clear about that, that all sin comes from not believing what is true about God. And so uh, discipleship or us growing in the knowledge of God is us moving from unbelief to belief in absolutely every area of our life. All of our life and the things that we do are now open to moving from unbelief 
to believe. And that journey is ongoing. That is an ongoing journey for each of us. So I need to, I, I need to change. I've still got journey to go. As in my life, I'm moving from unbelief to belief in every area of my life. And that's included. That's the gospel. The gospel is for every area of my life. It's not for the day that I just belonged. It's continuing to work. As we, as we read that Jesus, we know the truth and the truth sets us free. If you keep in the truth, then you grow. And so every area of our life is now open to that. If you hold to my teaching... You are really my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I just want to dig into a little bit the the kind of knowing God by picking up on some of the words that are used, that Jesus uses, and that Peter uses for knowing God and the truth and what that looks like and what that means. And it's surprisingly brings out um, something that I think is just amazing. So in John 8.32 is the word, sorry, in John 14.7, um, the word in the New Testament that, that Jesus uses quite often is ginosko, and it shows a relationship between what you know and the thing that you know So right from the start, when Jesus is talking about truth, he's talking about a relationship from what you know and the object of what you know, i.e. Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And um, Jesus uses that word. Um, It shows also that there is a, a sense of approval and appreciation in that word, as well as knowing. So um, there's a value in the sense that you value the truth. There's a love relationship, there's approval, there's an appreciation. Which again, when you're talking about the truth, starts to bring a picture of relationship belonging with God. So when you're thinking about the truth, you can't separate it out from relationship, knowing the truth, the actual relationship with God. And so in John eight fifty five, Jesus uses this word, though you do not know him, Gnosko, i.e. You, you haven't started to know him. That, that word also means growing. Gnosko means that you're going to grow in knowing. Um, then Jesus says, I know him. Oida. It's the same word in English, but it means fully know. And there are so many, in, in the Greek language, different words that have different flavors that really help. I wish I could read Greek. I can't. Okay. But <laughs> it would be really helpful. Um, but um, so in John fourteen seven, uh, we can we can uh, that verse. If you had known who I am, Gnosko started to know, grow in knowing me, then you would have known fully know who my Father is. From now on, you do know 
Gnosko, you've started to know him and started growing and have seen the Father. So Jesus sees truth and knowledge as something that you and I are going to grow in. But the truth is highly, highly relational. It's about the object and the appreciation of that object. And that's why Jesus said, you will love my commandments, you will do what I say. Because we're not talking about words. We're talking about the foundation of belonging. And because you belong, you know God. And that knowledge in you can grow and grow. That's how Jesus frames that. So Jesus is the verification that the Bible is true. The fact that he came validates the Father and all that the Father has promised. It's not just ethical truth. It's truth in all of its fullness embodied in him. He is the perfect expression of truth, sincerity and integrity of character. And that's all included in knowing the truth and knowing God. And uh, when we get to, uh, sorry, Caesar Kalinowski has, has said that in Jesus' view, the whole thing starts with learning to follow him, becoming his disciple, living in his ways. As we enter that process and as a result of it, our lives are transformed and we are set free from guilt, shame and the weight of sin. This is what discipleship is all about. According to Jesus, we are discipled to the truth, growing, knowing God in an ongoing way. That sets us free. Peter uses a different word for knowing in Peter. The verses I read at the beginning where he talks about knowing and growing uh, in the knowledge of God. He uses a different word, um, epigenosco, and that means to fully perceive, to, to observe. It's more, uh, there's more stress on participation in that word, uh, in, the tr- in the truth. It's, it carries a, a, a weight with it uh, and a more special recognition of the object of knowing, i.e. God. So in Corinthians, uh, where it says, now I know in part, ginosko, the word that Jesus used, you're starting to know or you're growing. Um, then shall I know, epigenosko, fully know, even as also I have been known, fully known by God. So it, it's a knowledge that perfectly unites you and God in the end. And so, When we're talking about believing and doing what the Bible says, we're talking about a relationship. So to grow in the truth is to grow in knowing God. You can't separate that out. The truth, to grow in the truth, you grow in your relationship, simple as with with God. And so when we walk through, when we carry on walking through from John 8 to John 15, 17, uh, John 10, 37 says, do not believe me unless I do what the Father says. We now see the vista of what he means 
It means being rather, it means belonging to rather than do to be. It's be, it's relational. The truth changes us and it's highly relational because we're talking about knowing God. Um, You are truly my disciples if you keep obeying my teachings. It puts a context around those words of Jesus. Um, Jesus then leaves us in no doubt that listening... Part of uh, listening to God is part of growing uh, to growing more in God. The Pharisees didn't know God. They hadn't begun Ginosko. They hadn't begun. They couldn't see the truth. They couldn't grasp it because the truth was relational. They had to belong. They had to know God. They couldn't see it. That's why they were blind. Um, that's why they couldn't perceive it. And it's the same today um, that people can't see until they know. And so um, we, when we go through the John, uh, it talks about Jesus goes into uh, John Eight, where he talks about, sorry, John 10, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them. Wow, I've only got 10 minutes left and I've hardly got anywhere. <laughs> and they follow me. I know them and they follow me. Um, and then he ends up talking to his disciples. You know the way to where I am going. So uh, I remember um, I was talking to someone recently who uh, does um, emotional intelligence in the workplace and they were saying well people have value systems and those value systems very rarely change Uh, only when they go through crisis do they tend to people tend to address their whole value system and it it gets thrown up in the air which is quite an interesting statement and so um, I want to talk about growing in the truth hearing his voice we all hit times of adversity and, and difficult things that, that happen to us. No less uh, for me. Uh, this is where it'll get fun because I have to find the right boxes. So it'll, it's just going to be um, hilarious. So you can enjoy watching me find the right boxes. Yes. Um, my recent props, by the way, have just appeared. So, you know when I needed the, the Lego one time? Max and Spencer's just happened to have Lego. Well, I, I needed some boxes, and um, Sarah's mum and dad just happened to have some boxes. So, um, I, the only thing is, one that this one's got God on it, and it says radio and photos. Maybe you'd better uh, mention that to them. It's not, it's not good. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, so, um, when I was um, going through a, a difficult time, um, one of the times in my life when my value system was challenged uh, was when we were at our previous church, and um, life does throw a curveball to us at times. And a lot of you know our story, but some of you don't. 
um, just briefly uh, that Darren was ill and I wasn't uh, a leader in the church at that time. Um, I was speaking in the church, but I wasn't a leader in the church. And suddenly, with Darren off the scene, I became the focal point. So, you know, the, the church leadership team wanted to speak to me because Darren wasn't well. And I found myself propelled uh, into this whole dialogue with various people, including the, the leader of uh, the Elim. Uh, who, who came to visit and suddenly found myself in, this, in this, this place of talking to all these sorts of people who never wanted to speak to me before, <laughs> but suddenly <laughs> they wanted to speak to me. And so um, and some of you know our story, that it, it didn't end well. We, we ended up losing our job. We had to move, uh, and it was a painful time and, and a difficult process. And during that time, um, after that, that sort of time, I went, my value system had been shaken. Because uh, adversity, like a marriage breakup, it shakes your value systems. Uh, and you have to kind of, you've no reference point, your reference points, you're losing your reference points. And so I found myself being tempted to do this. I was very tempted to see God through people and what people, what people did in that time and that, and that point in my life. I was very tempted to do that. But bear in mind what we've just talked about in terms of truth, being relational. What I had to do, what I found I had to do was to come back to quite simply, who God is. And start to see see my situation. And I found my reference points through knowing who, who God is. And whatever life throws at us, knowing the truth, part of knowing the truth, is coming back to the knowledge of who God is. He's the one that brings you reference points and turns the, the ship the right way. Uh, and it's important that we remember that. And so, I'm just going to build something else. Okay, I need that one. I need that one. I wanted to talk to us a little bit this morning about hearing God's voice because Jesus says that uh, in John uh, 10, doesn't he, that my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. And we've talked about truth. We've talked about growing in the truth and the importance um, of that. And so we have spiritual ears. You have spiritual ears. Did you know that? You have got spiritual ears. But we live in a world that's quite rational. um, And it throws at us common sense at times. Um, You know, we've got secularism. We've got all that kind of stuff that's that's out there. And so our minds uh, can be quite shaped by the stuff out there. We've got our inner narratives. 
that go on inside of us that we're tempted to listen to uh, as well. But you have spiritual ears. And I would suggest to you that they're not located here. They're located here. In your heart. Jesus talked about that in one of the, the scriptures that you, you don't hear my message in, my, in your heart, uh, in John. And so out of the heart flows rivers of living water. So I want to suggest to you that your spiritual ears are here, not here. But the problem is that very often we think our spiritual ears are here. And so this will inform this instead of us listening to the Holy Spirit and the Bible because that's how we know God. So instead of us going that way, it, it's, it stops what God is saying to us. There's a block somewhere along the line and it doesn't come through to obedience. If we want to grow, because knowledge is relational, we have to let the knowledge of God flow. We have to work out here. So this is where the effort is. This is where your tough mudder is. Um, This is where your um, preparing for your marathon is here. So that it can work through to obedience. And so um, we talked about worship earlier. That's why in the scriptures it says make songs, make music in your heart. Because that protects your heart. Keeps your heart in the right place. Keeps your spiritual ears open. Because you're protecting the voice of God. The knowledge of God. Remember it's a relationship. Because the Holy Spirit will not bow to this, he will not. He will not do anything. He will give you your free will and your choice. He will not cut across that, but he will not bow uh, to grow. We need to allow the Word and the Holy Spirit to inform our minds. So our minds are trained by the truth, the knowledge of God, and the Holy Spirit. Um, So our minds learn from this, not the other way around. And so we have a battle, don't we, between this very often. I do. Uh, I, I can remember the chaplaincy at Max and Spencer's, for example, starting that. I didn't want to start that, but the Holy Spirit was putting it in my heart he was giving me the, he was letting me see the problem. People were upset. People needed help. But I didn't want to do it. And so I had to stay here for a while. I had to pray until my will was willing to bow to what he wanted and he was asking um, me to do. Similarly, if you want to grow in love for people, Let's just take one phrase from Corinthians 13. Love is kind, um, keeps no record of wrongs. Something happens. 
But you need to train in your knowledge of God because remember, the scripture is just about who God is, what he's like. It's helping you to see that. That's all. It's training wheels for you to know him relationally and to grow in that. And so um, something happens here. It's being able to listen to the Holy Spirit. You know the truth of what God is like. He keeps no record of wrongs. So therefore, the situation to bring it through to obedience. Because if your intentions, until your intentions line up with your actions, then there's a disconnect with the working out of growing in knowledge and knowing God. And we need to, we have a responsibility. Hebrews tells us, solid food is for those who are mature, who have trained themselves to recognize the difference between right and wrong, and then do what is right. And so, what helps us in this process is staying connected with one another, staying in accountability and in relationships. The goal of our spiritual growth is to form the will, the process of transforming our desires and to through obedience we form a what I would call a habitude so a habit and our attitude changes in that in that process so it's like a runner you begin to enjoy you begin to enjoy um, the running as you train you begin to enjoy knowing God you, you, it becomes easy, easier because you've been trained in knowing what he is like and the way that he is changing you and changing me. So, believing and doing what the Bible says. I hope this morning that I've made you hungry. I've made you hungry I know you probably are hungry because, <laughs> because it's lunchtime. But I hope that I've made you hungry, that you belong. Therefore, you know and you can grow. And it, I think that we're coming into a month of prayer. And then we've got 2020 where there's lots of things planned in 2020 in terms of evangelism events around the country and what have you. It's quite a a big year. And I think God's timing is on this. And that God is calling us to get ready and to prepare. And we need to listen. We need to have our listening ears ready for what he wants to do. In, In our months of prayer in October, we've got an opportunity to do a workout, to really listen to what God wants to say to us. But to encourage you that you can grow. Every single one of us has that opportunity to know God. 
I'm not here because I lead the church. Uh, I don't belong here because, you know, we lead lead the church. We belong just like you in the same way because we know Jesus. That's why we're here. We all belong in the same way and we all have the opportunity to grow in the knowledge of God. And I would encourage you, be hungry. Be hungry. Let's be hungry because he's got things for us. He wants to speak to us about, wants to speak to us as a church and to you uh, as, as an individual. I hope that's been clear um, and uh, able to, uh, you've been able to, I've got around my boxes <laughs> this morning. So um, let's just pray, shall we, together? Um, as I was praying this morning, again, this is God informing my mind. Um, I was kind of thinking, well, how, how do we end this? You know, God, you've not given me anything, and usually you've got to wait until he, he gives you something. And uh, he gave me a scripture to finish with, and I realized that... Um, it was some verses that Wendy had brought on our prayer day, our recent prayer day uh, that we had as a leadership team. I want to finish with these scriptures. And I just had the first few lines, but I didn't realize that it goes into listening. Um, and so I really do that God is just reinforcing to us that we hear him, that we can hear him, have confidence. You can hear the voice of God. You can grow in knowing him because that's what truth is it's not some dry words on a page it's a relationship and a depth of relationship it says here Isaiah 55 is anyone thirsty come and drink even if you have no money come take your choice of wine or milk it's all free Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Why pay for food that does you no good? Listen, and I will tell you where to get food that is good for the soul. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen, for the life of your soul is at stake. I am ready to make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you all the mercies and unfailing love that I promised to David. We hope you enjoyed this message. To find out more about King's Church Warrington, visit our website or find us on Facebook and Instagram.